We're talking about the day of rejuvenation, about Shabbos as a day of becoming renewed and refreshed. And it's a lot more than just resting. If it were just about resting, then rest when you're tired. Who says that you need to rest every seven days? Everyone has a different body clock. Sometimes your schedule's more demanding, less demanding. Shabbos isn't rest in the conventional sense. Never was, not from the very beginning. Who was the first to rest on Shabbos? Where do we get it from? Huh? Hashem. And Hashem certainly wasn't tired. So it's not just about resting from being tired. Resting is one way to say it. But there are better ways of bringing it out. Six days for doing, the seventh for resting. Okay. Or you might say like this. Six days for doing, the seventh day for being. Being. Six days for expressing yourself through various activities and occupations, and a seventh day for just being whoever you are. Doing and being. The six workdays and Shabbos are described as being masculine and feminine. The whole idea of masculinity and femininity in the spiritual realms, in their archetypes, comes from the six days of work and the seventh day of Shabbos. Six days are masculine. Those are days for doing. Seventh day is feminine. That's the day for being. Masculinity is doing. Femininity is being. You know, there's a, there's a Chabad house in the Far East, and they don't have a local community. It's always a different group every Friday night because it's a business hub. Business travelers come through, and it's a different crowd every, every Shabbos. So I was talking to one of the travelers, businessmen, who goes through this Chabad house, and he told me they have a rule there at this Chabad house that when you meet somebody, there's one question they have, that, uh, they have a rule. You're not allowed to ask anybody when you meet them. You're not allowed to ask them, what do you do? Why, do you, why, why are you not allowed to ask them, what do you do? Well, simple reason is, what do you do? It usually means, what's your business? And we don't talk business on Shabbos. Deeper reason is because what do you do means what kind of activities are you into? But it doesn't really tell me who you are. How do I know who you really are? 
when you can't distract me and you can't even distract yourself with activities. When you are your essence. Shabbos is the return to essence. So when we talk about Shabbos as rejuvenation, we don't necessarily just mean resting up because you're tired. What we're talking about is allowing yourself to return to your essence, allowing yourself to be as you are, and by extension, allowing all of reality to be as it is. Six days a week, we engage the world around us, and we try to make improvements in the world around us, and we keep ourselves busy with doing, doing, doing. One day a week, Everything is the way that it is. You are who you are. I am who I am. The world is as it is. And it's okay. And it's okay. So why do we say that this is masculine and feminine? this doing and being paradigm. One of the ways you can see this is from the fact that when a Jewish man is called up for an aliyah, when he's called up to the Torah, they refer to him as the son of his father. You are the son of your father. And Yet, every other time that we talk about a Jewish person, man or woman, like when we make a prayer for them, or if we send their name for a blessing at the resting place of a, of a righteous person, we refer to them as the son or the daughter of their mother. The only time we really use the father's name is for the aliyah for being called up to the Torah. And the reason is because being called up to the Torah, you get called up by tribal affiliation, Kohen, Levi, Yisrael. And tribal identity determines your function in Jewish society. It determines what you do. And what you do, you get from your father. But who you are, your essence, the fact that you are Jewish, that you get from your mother. So again, we see masculinity is doing, femininity is being. Now, what I want to do with a, together with all of us is I want to try to put ourselves in this headspace of being. But what I want to try to do is sort of role play it a little bit. And, and, and role play it based on these themes of masculinity and femininity. I want you to think about it, whether you're male or you're female, I want you to think about it as your masculine self checking back in with your feminine self. Your six-day-a-week persona, which is masculine and tied in with what you do in the world, is checking in now with your feminine persona, your essence, and your true identity, who you are, who you truly are. Think about it like this. A man notices 
that his wife is upset, which generally occurs about three to four hours after she first becomes upset <laughs> on a good day. Sometimes it's several days. But at minimum, three to four hours after she first became upset, and he realizes that she's upset. And he says to her, what's wrong? And she says, nothing. And he says, no, tell me what's wrong. She says, nothing's wrong. He says, come on, tell me what's wrong. She says, there's nothing wrong. Then he becomes a scholar, you know, like a Talmudic scholar. He says to her, come on, just tell me what it is. And she says, I don't want to talk about it. And he says, ah, aha, don't want to talk about it. So there is an it, you admit it. Why is this man badgering this poor woman? Why is he doing that? Why is he harassing her? Tell me what it is. Tell me what it is. Tell me what it is. And, and, and for that matter, let me ask another question. Why won't she just tell him? There is an it. So why is he relentless in hounding her about what it is? And why is she being so coy and not telling him? Well, let's talk about why he's harassing her, and then we'll talk about why she's not answering. He's harassing her. You know what they say, when all you have is a hammer, the whole world looks like a nail. The masculine go-to response to any problem is, we got to do something. What do we got to do? Let's do it. So why is he hounding her? Tell me what it is. Tell me what's wrong. Tell me the problem. Because if you'll tell me, then I can do something. I can fix it. If you won't tell me what it is, I can't do anything. So to the man, it's all about doing. I got to do something. I got to do something. If you won't tell me what the problem is, I can't do anything. That's why he is relentless in trying to find out what the problem is, because he wants to be able to do something about it. Why is she being coy? Why won't she just tell him? Because she doesn't want him to do anything? What does she say to him if she's still talking to him? She says, I don't need you to do anything. She says a sentence which in the male brain might as well be said in Martian because the words, well, each word independently has a meaning, but as a sentence, it means nothing to a man. She says, I just want you to be there for me. I just want you to be there for me. The man is thinking, what in the world does that mean? Just be there for you? I know how to do there for you. I can do something. How do you be there? That's like not doing anything. So what do you need me here for? Let me get this straight. I'm to sit in a room next to someone who's in a bad mood, probably because of something that I did, and I'm not allowed to solutionize. I'm not allowed to suggest ways of fixing it. I'm not allowed to do anything to change it. I just have to be there. This is very unpleasant. I'll tell you what, the man says, or at least he thinks, he dreams that he had the gumption to say. I'll tell you what, I'm going to leave right now, okay? And the minute you think of something for me to do, you call me and I'll come running back and I'll do it. It doesn't work. 
No. What does he have to do? He has to subject himself to this very unnerving task of just being there for her. And if you look at your phone, the clock starts all over again. You have to just be there. What does that even mean, just be there? I still didn't figure out what it means. But I see something magical happens. You just present. Present means not just that your body's in the seat, but mentally present, mentally aware. Um, for a man, that's really funny. Mentally aware of what? If, if I'm about to do something, I can take notice of my surroundings. I can start to make a plan. But we're not doing anything, and I'm, but I'm aware. I'm, I'm, I'm not doing anything, but I'm lucid. I'm not doing anything, but I'm conscious. Very weird state to be in, right? Especially you spend six days a week. All of consciousness is about taking in stimuli so that you can formulate a plan about what to do. And here, now here is, I'm looking around. I'm totally lucid, totally sober. I'm not doing anything. I'm not even thinking of doing anything. I'm just here. And then this magical thing happens. She starts talking to him. She says, so anyways, tomorrow I have carpool at 4 o'clock, but I wanted to meet with my sister around 5. And he's starting to think to himself, she doesn't seem mad anymore. What happened? I didn't do anything. And just, she's just talking normal. And at 6 o'clock, we'll have dinner ready. And he, finally he says, why are you acting normal? <laughs> she says, that's fine. Everything's good. How did it get good? It did. Trust me, God. It just did. Either she worked it out on her own or she got over it. or what? It's good. You did your job. You were just there. And now her problem is solved or irrelevant or whatever. So think of your obsession with solving every problem with an activity. Think of that as your masculine side, whether you're male or you're female. And think about the exercise of just letting things be, being totally lucid, aware, conscious, sober, and present while doing nothing. Think of that as your feminine side. And now, let's imagine that you are shifting from your six-day-a-week masculine doing brain to your one-day-a-week feminine being brain. This is supposed to be a guided meditation, so I'm, I can't guide you in it if I'm not doing it. I'm doing it right now. Does it look like I'm doing it? Yeah? Can you tell? I'm not doing anything. That was a joke. It's not about doing anything. It's a state of mind. Going into that state of mind. Yeah, six days a week, I'm a responsible adult, and that means that I have responsibilities to take care of. I have things to do. I have places to show up. I have meetings to make. I have people that I have to talk to. I have calls I have to return. <sighs> and on Shabbos, I don't have to do any of that. In fact, if I were to try, yeah, yeah, I, if I were to try to deal with any of the things in my life that are imperfect right now, 
I don't want to call it imperfect. I want to call things that require my attention. Things that require my attention. If I were to try to attend to those things on Shabbos by doing something about them, I wouldn't make them any better, would I? I'd be like that husband trying to solutionize and fix things for the wife who just wants him to be present. Let's think about all the things we have to do, work-related, family-related, social, community, whatever it is. We all have busy lives. We're all busy people. We wear many hats. We are many things to many different people. Let's think about all those things that, as responsible adults, we attend to during the six days. And now let's imagine allowing all of those things to be exactly as they are for now. After Shabbos, we will return rejuvenated. We'll go back to the six days. We'll go back to doing but we'll go back to doing with a sense of purpose because we'll know who we are. Doing loses meaning when there is no reminder of how to be. Shabbos is the reminder how to be. Sometimes Shabbos drives us mad. Sometimes the non-doing can become absolutely miserable because we are so in love with our distractions. Sometimes we use our illusion of productivity to just keep ourselves distracted from who we really are. We're so busy, it's the illusion of productivity, I call it, because in reality, we're not accomplishing we're just keeping ourselves preoccupied. We're keeping ourselves busy. Then comes Shabbos. Then comes the inability to distract oneself through preoccupation. And it can be maddening because there we are left emotionally naked as we are with nothing to distract ourselves. We are as we are. The world is as it is. No distractions. That can be the most powerful drug, can't it? We're all a little bit workaholic if you think about it. We all numb ourselves from feeling who we really are by throwing ourselves into what we do. And we can live a whole life like that, doing and doing and doing, and never know who we are. So I want you to think, these are the last moments that we're going to think about these things for a while. We're not going to think about them for 26 hours. Think about the places you need to be, the places you really need to be. I'm not talking about the neurotic guilt that you have about places that you should have been that realistically you know is not really your problem. I'm talking about the places you really need to be, the people you really need to show up for, the responsibilities you have. Let's think about it. Let's think about Sunday, typical Sunday. Do you have a typical Sunday? Think about Monday. 
For a lot of us, Monday is when the work week starts. Think about Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I know today you're on a retreat. But think about your typical Friday. Can you feel the energy, the doing energy? Let's just try to put ourselves into that mind space. Do you feel that, that that's that masculine energy that just wants to fix everything by, by, by jumping on it, by doing something, changing it? There's a, there's a certain uh, desperation there. Isn't there a certain uh, lack of lack of contentment? Can we call it? And 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 that's okay. That's part of existence. Part of existence is God created an imperfect world, and, and He chose us to partner with Him. And 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 there's six days a week for that for for fixing what's broken and perfecting what's imperfect. But now, try to feel yourself just, you don't have to breathe, you know, there's no formula. I like to breathe. Breathing slows me down. A big, deep breath. Draw all the air into your lungs until the capacity. They say in through the nose, out through the mouth, but really, there's no formula. I just, this is what I do because it uh, helps calm me down. It's like a reversal of the survival instinct, isn't it? The survival instinct says, fight or flight. i got to do something. Shabbos says, don't survive. Just be. You don't have to fight anyone. You don't have to run anywhere. thinking about all the things you're just going to allow to be as they are? Is it making you nervous? A little bit? Are you comfortable with it? I'll be honest. It gets me a little bit nervous. If you think it's easy, try taking in Shabbos early. Right? We like to struggle to the last second. Shabbos is that let go and let God, let go and let God, let go and let God. Or sometimes they say, let go or get dragged. I'm going to let go. I'm going to let everything be as it is, as it is, as God is making it. Let myself be as I am, as God is making me. It's all okay. It's all exactly the way it needs to be for now. Even the broken things, yeah. Even the broken things are exactly perfectly broken in just the way that they need to be broken right now. For now. It's not fatalism, it's faith. Fatalism means it's always going to be this way. I have no idea what God has planned for me in the coming six weeks, six days after, after Shabbos. Miracles can happen. Everything can change. So I don't know what it's going to be, but I know what it is right now. And it's not changing right now. It's, it's okay, and it doesn't have to change. It's all good. I just have to be present with it. I just have to be respectful of it. 
I have to respect it. Respect means holding space. Respect means taking a step back. Sometimes during the six days, in my great passion and exuberance, I want to get involved in everything. Shabbos reminds me there's also respect. Take a step away. Give room. Let things breathe. In our relationship with people, we know that. We can't smother them. We've got to give them space. In our relationship with reality, Shabbos tells us, come, let's give some space. There's plenty of work to be done later, later, after Shabbos, not now. You feel those uh, survival instincts still struggling? Yeah, but, but what's going to be? What about all those things that I take care of all week long? No, it's absolutely antithetical to the survival instincts because we're saying something now that's totally counterintuitive. Don't just do something, sit there. Right? Fight or flight tells us don't just sit there, do something, anything, do something. No, Shabbos comes. Don't just do something. Sit there. Just sit there. Or take a walk. Or read a book. Have a conversation. Study some Torah. Pray. But don't ask for anything. Shabbos, we don't ask for everything because everything is exactly how it needs to be. Just pray just because that's who you are. Have a nice meal. Or just sit there and allow your senses, allow your senses to take in what's going on around you without reacting, without the need to judge it or make plans how to make it different. Just be totally present and totally accepting that everything is how it is. If you're starting to get into this headspace like I am, I'm starting to, you know, at this point, I don't even want to touch my phone for 26 hours. I don't want to know about it. It doesn't need me. It doesn't need me. I'll go back to it. I'll go back to it. Where's the car parked? I don't know, wherever it's parked. It'll be in the same place after Shabbos. You have to make a deposit at the bank. It's after five anyway. There's nothing to do. It's done. It's okay. However much money is in the account now, that's how much money is in the account. Nothing to do. Now it's just time to be. Now it's just time to be. Who you really are. It's like meeting yourself. Shabbos is like meeting your true self. And then after Shabbos, when we go back into the work, the work week, our doing is a totally different doing. We're doing based on a sense of knowing who we are, what we believe in, what we're here for. It's a totally different kind of doing. Just letting it be. 
just letting it be. You know, when you start to get into the Shabbos mentality, you can start to you can start to see how maybe this is a this is a way to be even a little bit during the six days too, maybe. Maybe during the, day, the days of doing, I can also remember to be from time to time. Maybe I can just show up and be present without judgment. I'll tell you my favorite story in the whole world. It's not a long story. It's not a dramatic story. But it's my favorite story in the whole world. And I love it because it's so deceptively simple. But every time I hear it again, the depth of it strikes me on, a, on another level. The students of the Magid, the holy Magid, Rab Daivber, his students were all tzaddikim, all great, righteous, holy men. They were once holding a conversation the topic of which was, if you were God, if you were God, what would you do if you were God? First one to speak was Reb Levi Yitzchak Bardichever, the great defender of the Jewish people, lover of the Jewish people. Reb Levi Yitzchak said, if I were God, if I were God, I would create the world with more kindness so that the world would be a softer and gentler place to live. The next one to speak was Reb Pinchas Koritzer. Reb Pinchas said, if I were God, I would create the world with more severity and judgment so that people would be held accountable for their deeds and the wicked would be unable to prevail. The Alter Rebbe, Reb Schneer Zalman, the Balatanya, he said, if I were God, I would create the world exactly the way Hashem is creating it right now. If I were God. It's so true. It's so true. If I were me, how would I create the world? Don't ask. Don't even ask. But if I were God, I knew everything that God knew and could see everything that he could see. You know how the world would look right now? Exactly as it does right now. In its perfect imperfection. And when I can let the world be, 
just as it is, just as God is making it right now. In one way, that makes me very close to God. Six days a week, we're close to God by partnering with him in the act of creation and fixing what needs to be fixed. Seventh day, we unite with God. We see the world as he sees it. We see that it's perfectly imperfect and exactly as it needs to be right now. And there's nothing that requires any of our effort. We don't have to do anything anymore. It's okay. You don't have to do anything. You can finally just be. See all those things that you were worried about? It's okay. They're, they're how they need to be. The people you're worried about, they're how they need to be. Even yourself, yes, even yourself, and we're supposed to work on ourselves till the day that we leave this world, but even who you are, you're good, you're fine, you're okay. Shabbos. Shabbos now, you are who you are. Like I said, I like to breathe. Breathing for me, you know, the good thing about breathing is no matter how deeply you inhale and how long you hold the inhale, eventually you got to let it go. can't hold it forever. you got to let it go. That let go and let God. Everything is how it needs to be. Let it go. Not let it go. Float away from you. Be somewhere else. No, no, no. Let it go. And it stays right there. Everything stays right there. We're not removing ourselves. We're not distancing ourselves. We're right here. We're right here just like that wife told that husband. Just be there for me. Sit here next to me and you don't even have to do anything. God is saying the same thing to all of us. Just sit here. Just sit here next to me. The Sabbath bride, the Shrinag, Hashem's feminine presence. She's the feminine voice who calls to each of us and says, it's okay, you don't have to fix anything. Just be here now. Just be here now. Give everyone a few minutes to do whatever 
you feel you need to do to get ready to uh, move on to the next phase. Ladies are going to be lighting Shabbos candles. The men are going to Mincha. But everything is the way it needs to be. Just be there. Be there together with your beloved, your bride. the Divine Feminine. Just be whoever you are. I'm going to sit here quietly. And uh, everyone can get up and go when they need to.